there. I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead. And I'm Lindsay Weiniger with the Weiniger Farms. And we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode seven. We are getting crazy with talking about the current events that are happening here. And no, it's not all COVID related like last month is. We've got a lot of different things that happened in such a short amount of time. So stick with us and find out what it is. How's it going? Fantastic. How's life in the Hinkles? So great. Yeah, so great. <laughs> so how's school? Oh my gosh. Actually, I really, um, I think I kind of like it. Um, I don't think I like it better than normal school, but I don't dislike it either. It's pretty good either yeah. way. Cool. We, yeah. uh, we went back to school and we already <laughs> had to quarantine <laughs> one time. But uh, we got the COVID test for my two-year-old's two-year-old's molars. That's take... so tough. <laughs> but I mean, I just I just chalk it up to the fact that going to school during a pandemic sucks. Let's just leave it at that. It's not anyone's fault. It's just what's got to happen. So I'm very appreciative of all the steps that they take to make sure that everybody is as safe and as healthy as possible. But Gosh, what a pain from every part, from the kids to the parents to the teachers to the people that make the rules and have to enforce the rules. It's just... Yeah. Bleh. we They were saying at one point during uh, school day, uh, the superintendent got a message from the CDC at 10 o'clock in the morning, and by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the guidelines had changed and they had got a new message. So tough. And so, I mean, everyone's doing the best they can, I guess. I, I don't... Not, I guess. Like, they are doing the best they can. It's just sucks, you know, embrace the suck, man. Yeah. I mean, this was, so this was our first year as homeschooling. Never really wanted to homeschool. Never really thought that was a thing that we were going to do, but we got some, we joined some homeschooling groups. We're hooked up with some really good resources. We got some programs to kind of stay on track with a thing and, I feel good about the schedules that we have in place and not letting Pinterest moms be like a realistic version of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, because I think that's really hard competing with fake Instagram and Pinterest life. Yes. Um, So that's been really good. But all in all, I think it's good. Um, (laughs) Nobody's been sent to the principal's office. (laughs) So lame. Oh, hey, is your, have you figured out if your pig is uh, pregnant yet? I swear. No, I haven't. This is gonna. (laughs) So it's technically until now, until the middle of October. And I spoke with my farm vet and I could get an ultrasound. (laughs) But I'm just depending if I want to, like, spend the cashola on just this girl getting fat. So <laughs> Like, this what's is... more embarrassing about giving somebody an ultrasound and being like, no, you're just fat. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is going to sound real dumb of me, but that's okay. All It's all out there now. No, I do is the same is it the same Mm-mm. hormone as humans no i've already i've Dang already it. i've already looked at into that what she's saying is is it the same hormones like can she just pee on a stick right, right. that's yeah. where you're like going the hcg no they don't otherwise Dang. i would have 
been out there with all my sticks. Dollar General, man. <laughs> Hit them up. Or Dollar Tree, you get them for a but, buck piece. you know, who did get pregnant is my cat again. Oh, bummer. Um, Dang. Yeah, she... Cats. Yeah, she went on a visit. She visited her friend, which I don't know who it is because we don't live next to anybody, but <laughs> she found somebody. And again, this was what happened to us last time is her belly started getting big and, you know, I didn't know what this was. I thought it was worms. It's not worms. It's it's kicking back again at me. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's not very responsible of me to just letting my cat be a little huss, but, you know, mm. they are good mousers, so... So yeah, that's good. If anybody needs any kittens anytime <laughs> soon, hit <Jeez>. me up. <laughs> Man, it has been quiet at our house, though. Like, we've got nothing going on. And I, you know, as much as I kind of uh, dig it, I'm kind of, like, itching. Like, okay, what's next? Like, Do you want on. a project? We have lots of projects. That you <laughs> well, can... <laughs> there's a possibility that we might be, like, starting uh, renting Going Ugh. into the rental. Because if you think about it, logic, logically speaking, when you own a business, the only way you can really retire from your business is to sell it, right? Yeah. Well, that only gets us so far. And we have three daughters, which means three weddings, which means possibly we're not, I mean, we're all for trade schools. <laughs> yeah. But we also have to think about college. So we're actually... And cars oh, and yeah. just... So we're actually looking at real estate almost like uh, each, like, in essence, we're probably going to try to buy a house per each kid. Yeah. And, like, sell a house when we need money. That's so stressful. But, so. Buying a house is so stressful. It's just going to be a lot of factors on all ends because it does mean multiple mortgages, but it also means multiple incomes, but it's just another, you know. Juggling game. Side hustle? Yeah. (laughs) That sounds really terrible, but... No, you're right. We're trying to... We're finishing up our bathroom remodeling project. Oh, yeah. Which is fun because this has been almost... He's going to laugh. Five years in the making. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag life of the carpenter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's on the home stretch, so that's cool. But just in time for us to do another project because I want a big breeder coop for Mm. all of my um, different chicken breeds because we just keep seeing like, oh, let's start this one. Nobody has this around here. So yeah, yeah, we're getting sassy with it. So that's, um, you know, but I guess in leading into you renting houses and doing house things and renovations and me with chicken coops that's pushes us into a very great uh section of current events with shortages (laughs) um but there's been a crazy amount of shortages with building materials such as lumber and wood and all of these things like that i don't know why 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 is it is it because the mills were shut down because oh, is the, that what that is? I believe so. Yeah, I want to say that... Um, I didn't know if everybody was like, oh, DIY. Oh, well, and I think that's probably... <laughs> we watched 12 huge... seasons of Fixer Upper, like... <laughs> I think that's probably a, definitely a huge part of it. I mean, the first, like, weekends that everyone was out, they oh, were at yeah. department stores. Yeah. Absolutely. And then they get these awesome checks with extra money to spend, plus their To get their the paychecks. projects done yeah. that they haven't gotten done before. Yeah, for sure. They either built up their gardens like crazy or they fixed something in their house. 
And so, naturally. So, throughout this uh, pandemic season, we've seen that there's a shortage in toilet paper. I feel like we all remember that. Yeah. Then we've noticed that there's a shortage in cleaning supplies, which there still is. Yeah. You know, there really hasn't been any thing. Um, There was a shortage in the beginning of uh, early, early summer of seeds. Yep. Mm -hmm. And yeast because everybody got involved with baking their own bread. And now it's kind of cycled into the gardening life even further. And what everybody's talking about now is the ball mason jar lids or they're known as flats. Yep. And they are short. You can't find them anywhere. And if you can find them, the box that has 12 of them, I mean, we're usually $2 or less easy and now they're like selling for like ten, twelve dollars. Oh my gosh. A piece. And it's just absolutely nuts. So upon that, we decided to just kind of look into it a little bit of what's going on. And I think it's kind of just a combination of people getting into gardening mm-hmm. a little bit harder. And I think it's also people freaking out of just the way that the economy is going with the pandemic with all of the political nonsense that's happening in the world. And I think people just want to be a little bit prepared. And so looking at these, I guess they've always seen kind of spikes with, I I don't want to say like natural disasters, but more like traumatic events. So stuff that affects the stock markets. Yeah. So they saw a big spike when it was getting ready for like Y2K and they Mm -hmm. thought there was going to be a huge shutdown there. They saw a huge spike um, after 9-11. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, I think people just kind of go back to um, the basics a little bit. And actually, this is kind of repeating itself historically wise. Because back in the 1970s, there was a huge recession and people went back to canning their own foods. And they had like a 600% increase in sales Jeez. Uh, after that time, which is crazy. So just to like give a little perspective of the craziness that's going on this year. So there's a type of there's a type of uh, preserving that's called pressure canning, and I'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, but in 2019, so last year, there was 14,000 pressure cookers slash canners. Those units, there's 14,000 units sold last year. This year, so far, already, there was double the amount, and there's also 23,000 on order. So, well over 40,000, nearly, what, 50, my math is drunk, but like... 14 times 2 is 28, so 28,000 have already been sold, and they have 32 more on back order, so that's over 60,000. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, it's... It's crazy. It's crazy. It's totally crazy, and those are just the units, you know, so... Everybody's buying these canners. They can't find the lids. What are you going to do? The other, I wonder, okay, side note, are we going to have like an influx through the winter and into spring about a whole bunch of people getting sick? Man, I don't know. Because, you know, like canning for the first time and like not doing it right. Yeah, that's a huge, that is a huge thing. That scares me. And I'm very... (laughs) Look, I am very supportive of people that want to can their own foods, but I get very nervous about eating other people's canned foods because I know that there's, look, I understand 
that your great, 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 great person, blah, 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 yeah. down the street used to use it this way. But like homegirl, their life expectancy was like in the 50s. And I'd like to <laughs> hang out a little bit longer than that. So like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So when we're talking about preserving foods, there's several different ways. It's not just canning. You can do a water bath canner, which is preserving um, high acidic foods, jellies, or jams. So that's sure. like your pickles, that's your applesauce, your tomato stuff, stuff like that. Now, there are some things that are not good to can for like density issues. Like you can't just throw a whole tomato in there and just hope for the best because like <laughs> it's got to be able to be insured and heat properly. And I seriously think, like, if you're in doubt, pick up a book. It's, like, a it's by Ball, like, the Ball Canning. Yeah. Um, it's a Ball book. And then there's also a Better Homes and Gardens book that will teach you the safe ways on how to do all of the things. But there's also um, Pressure Canning, which we just lightly talked about. Yeah. And that's for low-acid foods. So that's if you wanted to can things like green beans, corn. Sure. Um, I guess other carrots, like yeah, carrots, any peas, kind of vegetables, yeah, yeah, that you're not like throwing vinegar, vinegar, exactly, right. or yeah, any high stuff like that. So, if you're just doing like pickles and salsa and stuff like that, you really just have to worry about normal water bath canning when you're not changing the pH of your food, right? Is that, yeah, what it kind is? of, I, yeah, that was me trying to sound scientific, Did but it work. No. The reason of why this shortage is huge is because once these jars have been processed with these lids, you can't actually use them right. to re-can either in a pressure cooker canner or in a water bath. You can, though, I'm pretty sure you can use those lids when you're freezing, which is another way to um, prepare your food. So, ah, I can't find any jars. I can't find any lids. What am I going to do? So you're going to take all of your garden harvest that you've been working so hard all summer for, and you're either going to freeze it. Yeah. And you can freeze it in the same jars that you have, or you can put it in gallon, blah, 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 freezer bags or something else like that. I guess the only um, worry about that is if there's like a power outage that you could potentially, you know, lose those things. Um, another way to preserve the foods that you have is dehydrating. Have you ever dehydrated food? I do. I dehydrate oh, a lot of food. Yes. Them. I love I it. Do. I apple chips. Yes. And then I dehydrate all my herbs. Yes. We um we got really into it once and started like jerky. Oh, yeah. And we even did like fruit leather, you mm, know, where you yeah. did. That was super good. Um, But we do a lot of herbs and stuff like that in those apple chips. Actually, if you dehydrate watermelon slices, like thin watermelon... It's kind of like a chewy, like, leather. Oh, it's so good. Because it just brings out all the sweetness. Because watermelon is just, like, mostly water anyways. Yeah. So when you dehydrate it, it's just all the It's best all the parts. flavors. It's so good. Wow. And then there's a new one that we're kind of getting into, um, and that's fermenting. And fermenting is kind of a fun thing for either, like, kombucha or, like, sauerkraut. Yeah. Um, or even, like, your wines is a type of fermenting. Hey. Um, so those are all just different ways. And even you can do like tinctures. Have you heard of? No. I think that's more of like the medicinal ways if you're trying to get all witchy and stuff like that. But Hmm. it's like where you basically take a dried herb, um, that holds some medicinal, yeah, I would say medicinal, quote unquote medicinal properties to it. Like for example, we planted, um, a toothache herb. 
Okay. And like, this is really good. You can use the buds and you can use the leaves and you can either like stick the whole thing in your mouth and like chomp, chomp, chomp. And it makes your like mouth kind of numb. So if you have a really bad toothache, it's not to replace your dentist. I'm not saying that they're not valuable. I'm just saying it's just to like get you by until the meantime. But you could to save this. What do you do in the winter when they can't grow anymore? So you take these dried things and you put them in a big jar and you fill it with um, X percent of alcohol and then you let that sit for a while and you strain it and then you can like take a little dropper and drop, drop, drop. And it's kind of the same Hmm. like concentrated version of it. That's interesting. So when you're talking even about essential oils, essential oils can either be distilled through steam or through alcohol. So it's kind of like that. Okay. I was, yeah, I was wondering like a lavender or eucalyptus or exactly lemongrass, things like that. And by saying this though, when you're doing a tincture, you're not like downing shots at a time. This isn't like you're going to get hammered (laughs) on your way to work. You're like doing a drop. Right. Oh, sure. You know? Um, So anyways, there's lots of different cool ways to preserve the foods. So if you are a new time gardener, and you're like, oh, what do I do now? There's all these shortages. What can I do? Um, join yourself a canning group that is practicing safe canning methods. Yes. Um, don't listen to all the people that tell you unsafe methods because I know this. Here's a fun fact for you. Um, <laughs> there was something saying that there's enough botulism in a half pint or a pint jar that could kill the entire world. Whoa. So you don't need a lot to oh. have it be very harmful. Um, and it's odorless. Yes. It, you can't see it. So it's extremely important to keep those I did an safe entire methods. lesson on that during my food safety course. Oh, did you? Course. Good. <laughs> then you might know exactly what I was supposed oh. to be talking about. Oh, botulism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said, so anyways, if you're feeling nervous about how you're going to do this, It doesn't always have to be canning. You don't have to dive into it. Canning is fun. It's really cool. Um, It's a nice way to preserve your foods, but you can freeze it and you can dehydrate it and you can, and dehydrating is really pretty too when you store it in other things. But it wasn't just um, home preserving that was doing the lid shortage. It was also the crafters, the pandemic crafters that were turning mason jars into candles or they were turning them into like DIY sanitizers or Clorox wipe containers and stuff like that. Or you were you were also saying like a restaurants that were serving alcoholic drinks to and go mason jars to go. Yeah, which is kind of clever, but it's pretty ingenious. You know, I do like mason jars for the way of um like eliminating plastic for that, for example. Yeah. But I mean I went to the store the other day and wiped out this poor store's because that's what we used to bottle honey. Yeah, well, I was the, exactly, we were talking about yeah. that earlier. We use mason jars in our house. Uh, those are our kid cups. Mm-hmm. I have fun, cool color lids with straws because when you drop those, they are less likely to break and they avoid buying tons of packs of plastic cups. And I don't think mason jars are technically designed to shatter. Yeah. They just like kind of crack in place and that's... It helps. Yeah. Clean so, up. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you're freezing too, like leave space for expansion. Yeah. By the way. And also, no, like in all of these prepping conversations too, you can freeze a gallon of milk. It is possible. Just FYI. Yeah. Look it up. You can freeze pretty much everything. You just have to worry about the expansion a little bit because when it freezes, it 
disturb. Experience. And consider consider getting a generator. <laughs> Just yeah. If, if, like, your whole food supply is in one freezer. That's not a bad idea to have in general, too. And I think that's what a lot of the problems with um, Iowans were having problems with. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. During so, their, what did you call it? Drecho. I can't say that right. My it doesn't form right. Drecho? Yeah. Drecho. Okay, the, tell me about it. So there's just been, obviously, just to start the whole little environment segment, but, like, holy cow, there's, like, tons of stuff going on. Like, ever since, even this has been since, I'm trying to look at all of the, my notes here, this has just been since August and all of this has happened. That's what I'm saying. A lot happened in the last month. Right. So the Drecho was on August 10th, I'm sure, uh, it it got a lot it actually the it didn't it didn't get a lot of coverage which is a big hot topic um but it happened on august 10th and it was basically what the derecho stands for is line um and it was basically an extensive line of storms that crossed the midwest from iowa to ohio which was about 770 miles and it took about 14 hours for the entire storm to pass but um it... You can't, you cannot drive from Iowa to Ohio in 14 hours. Oh, no way. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. So, uh, I want to say, I believe that Iowa takes the cake for the, the impact. Like, it mm-hmm. got the brunt of the storm. Um, and, but there were lots of places in Illinois and some in Ohio that felt the effects as well. I've seen pictures from all three places, and it's it was detrimental to a lot. Um, I'm trying to think. Forty percent of Iowa's crops were destroyed. Um, there was a huge article out, like Agriculture.com had it out, and there was a couple other like seed companies that had it out, just with a basic description that the Iowans and well anyone that was struggling with crops was using to evaluate because insurance people were you know going from farm to farm but they couldn't do it fast enough for like you have to sit there and wait for your insurance people and while your corn is laying on the ground it's molding and you're losing value Mm. so like I don't want to get like into too much science here but it's like if it breaks above the ears it means this if it breaks below the ears it means this if it's this much off the ground or if it's leaning at this degree of an angle it all affects like bugs getting into your corn the mold rate. Can you still get corn if it's on the ground? Like, I mean, if you... If you can figure out a way to get it up and get it harvested and the crop and is not out affected. And, interesting. But... It was in August, so it's not really dried out, though, was right, it? Right. It wasn't yeah. ready to harvest, especially in, like, the northern regions. <sighs> so it was uh, 2 million people without power, 40... 100... Sorry, where am I going here? Uh... 10 million acres of land impacted. That's nuts. That's insane. And like tens of millions of bushels of corn that were in storage that were destroyed. How high were the winds? Do you know? I think clocked was like at 114. Like at a weather station, but they're saying some could, they believe some got as high as a 140. That's insane. And the problem wasn't that they were so high. It was that they were sustained. For such a long period of time. So you're getting these 80 and 90 mile an hour winds for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes at a time. That's super. Yeah. I look, I'm we're in the dead of the Midwest here of Illinois and we didn't get anywhere of what Iowa did. But like my mobile chicken tractors picked up and yeah. 
I was worried about my beehives blowing over. Oh, shoot. I didn't think <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like watching them and I'm like, you know, ours are four boxes high. Like they're yeah. top heavy at this point with all the honey on it and stuff like that. And the wind is one of the biggest things that worry me because you can't do anything about it until it's done. Yeah. You can't like go out and catch it. My <laughs> emus were like freaking out and my poor rooster just like sat down and was just like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sad. Oh, there was uh, so many pictures online and it, it was so heartbreaking. It was. And I think what just added to the heartbreak was that there was just no coverage. No. no media coverage. No. And there was no relief. No relief was sent. Right. I mean, the state's. So I believe Iowa, like, issued a state of emergency, but they they got, I mean, nothing. I think there was, like, a tornado in Nashville, what, a day or two later, and it was, like, detrimental. Oh, this is terrible. And you're, like, uh, did you just see what happened in Iowa? Oh, well, and even that is, too, is they were very hyped up about the two hurricanes that were coming in the Gulf of Mexico as well. And I've got, you know, I've got a friend that lives in Iowa, and after those hurricanes down in Louisiana, they sent help. Like, they sent the Tide Care yeah. to do laundry. And she said they said that they couldn't come out here because of COVID. But they're in Louisiana. Oh, and I bummer. just was like, you guys just totally got skipped right over. And that's... It was... It it did help. My heart was happy a little bit. I, the farm community on social media really stepped up and tried to do everything they could for Iowa. I know tons... Of people that I follow on Instagram were like doing individual relief efforts, um, helping specific people who were helping people. I and so that was really encouraging to see. Um, but it was it was just kind of sad. Um, it was just really kind of a bummer. But there was also no way for anybody to have prepared for this. Mm-mm. There, I mean, a lot of people were sitting in their tractors out in the fields because they didn't even know it was coming. Yeah, they knew I it was a bad storm, but they didn't have any idea. Like, I heard a radio interview of a, of a girl. She was trying to get her cousins home, and her, her brother was sitting out on a tractor in the middle of the field while this all happened. Like, how could, could you even imagine that? Like, Did it blow over? Hit, the tractor did not blow over, but he said it was super shaky, and he saw buildings flying by. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, there, I looked on... I think I saw somebody that there were strong winds. I'm like, oh, this is really weird. And, you know, you could see the clouds rolling in and stuff like that. And I was like, shoot. And I had really itty bitty baby chickens out there. And so I was like, oh, I'll put them in the shed. And I more so got a bedding ready, like two minutes tops. And all of a sudden I hear the whole wind shaking and everything else. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? And we got downstairs and, you know, my youngest was napping and, you know, my oldest is like, I got to go in the basement. This is too- <laughs> I said, let's go. And I'm like, well, shoot, I can't leave the other one up there. Yeah. So, I mean, he passed out downstairs in the, <laughs> the basement because I didn't know. Yeah. Mine slipped through the whole I- thing. I had no <laughs> idea what to do. Yeah. It was, it was, it's just mind boggling. And that is just like one of the things right now, literally right now, the wildfires out in the West is, it's what's i mean it's devastating like burning livestock mountains are burning houses like towns are being like destroyed uh Mm. evacuation i think is is i wouldn't say it's going awesome but i mean they are saving lives through evacuation right now which is awesome but they i mean they've already had 
I mean, they've got seven people dead so far. They said they've found, um, they said they'll go, that number's probably going to climb within the next couple of days as they. Just because. They can't, can't get, get into the places that yeah. are most affected because they're in the middle of the mountains. And it, so it's like, uh, I have this stat, like 2.5 million acres um, so far in California, 140,000 in Washington and 300,000 in Oregon. I know Oregon is really struggling right now. Yeah. Um, Medford, Oregon. I was actually just thinking about going and like treating myself to a trip. Yeah, I would. I'm would not going to be able to go further. there. <laughs> um, so that's that's literally happening as we speak. And then you've got like the droughts over the Corn Belt that destroyed tons of crops. That's but I mean I've seen a lot of people turning that into silage, but some of that couldn't have been turned into silage because there was even no corn. Wait. What? Uh, okay. Corn Belt. Uh, so there was a big drought in the middle of the growing season. So to kind of give the effects of a drought on corn is the tassel grows out of corn. Yeah. And a drought, uh, basically what happens is the drought will burn the tassel up. And so then it does not pollinate because the tassel is what pollinates the corn. And so the tassels will burn up and fall off. And then the corn will not get pollinated. And then your corn just doesn't produce any ears. I didn't realize. Okay, so a couple of things. Because um, you said a word and I want to get back to that. Because... Silage. Yeah, that one. But I also, it I was like, today years old when I learned that <laughs> corn really only has like two to three ears. Yeah. It's... What? It's the, what? They've helped that with science and well, sure. GMOs. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. I was kind of expecting, yeah, okay, but I was kind of hoping that it would be more like six. (laughs) Like, I just always thought it would be like the whole entire thing. Yeah. Three seems a little shy. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you see like sweet corn, you only get like two or three years off of sweet corn. No, I don't. I just, this is the stuff that I don't know. Okay, so what's the word that you were talking about? So, silage. Um, so, say you have a bad crop um, or something in the sense of, like, in Iowa, if yeah. some of that corn was damaged, mm-hmm. what you can do is you can basically go through with this giant chopper and you're chopping up because you want silage to have bits and pieces of the whole plant. Okay. So, if it doesn't have an ear then they're, you're losing a vast majority of the nutrition of the plant. So, okay. So they can't even chalk it up to silage. What what they're going to do is they're going to just plow it under. Like, just put it Compost back in the ground. Compost it. Yeah. Kind of. Right? But silage, a lot of people do this with part of their crop even if they don't. Like, even if they have a good crop, they would you they will harvest silage. And what that means is they go through with this giant chopper and they're literally chopping these plants up into what looks like hash in your hands and it if you look at it you can see bits of the stock you can see bits of the leaves you can see bits of the ear you can see all this stuff and then what they do is they pile it in these huge mounds and then they take trucks and they pile it super high and then they take trucks and they like drive over it and flatten it out and squish it down and then add more on top of it and what color is this green very green i've literally have never seen this and what it does is it ferments and yeah and then you have this really high nutrition food that you would then mix with a ration it gets mixed with a ration and then you would feed 
your feedlot. So this is primarily used for people that use their fields for that use, animals. Yeah, that okay. harvest it for either animals. Some, I mean, a lot of people use it for both. But that's probably I don't have a lot of livestock. That's not my own, I guess. <laughs> that okay. This makes a lot more sense now. Sure. Yeah. I'm just and more around corn and beans. Corn and beans. A lot of people around here. Um, I actually don't know anyone around here that uses silage. I mean, that's fine. It's, uh, it's more of a, it is, yeah, it's totally personal preference, but everyone here sells their corn for money. Yeah. Um, but it's very, like, it's a big thing. Uh, out in Nebraska, Kansas, I know some, some farms in Missouri that I follow online and stuff like that. So silage. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, dictionary term. So, I appreciate it. We talked about droughts, we talked about fires, we talked about the dang old Draco. We talked of uh, the hurricanes that You've had literally you've had everything. You've had water yeah. with the hurricanes, you've, which they weren't nearly as bad as They're, what they yeah. were predicted. So that's the good. The only thing we have left is, are you ready? No. Snow. Yes. We're supposed to have a bad winter. Yes. Uh oh. and did we see too a couple days ago out in I think it was in Colorado. I know that someone I follow in Nebraska, she had, they had a, a 90, 92 degree day. And then a day later they had a 25 degree day. My dad's in Colorado and it was like, oh, went to bed with shorts on, woke up with the winter coat. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> That'd be awful. But I mean, we are in Illinois. It has happened. Not that extreme, but pretty okay. close. How do you feel about snow? Um... Can I? Because there's two part. There's two types of people here in the Midwest. I feel like there's the people that thrive in snow, and there's people that wish they were in Florida. <laughs> there's those two types of people in my household. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my husband's a snowplower. Yeah. I hate the snow. I love the snow. <laughs> it's so. I feel like if I was to pick a place to live other than here, it would be Alaska. Yeah. I just don't like heat. I get very crabby. I uh, I don't like the effects of snow. I don't, but like the idea of sitting like in front of a fire with a hot chocolate watching snow fall, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> if I don't have to be in it, I'm fine. <laughs> Absolutely. My family wants to do ski trips and I was like, yeah, that's fine. You go. I'm going to be sitting inside by the fire drinking hot cocoa. I am not, I don't want to ski. I have no desire. Okay, ski. so I'm going to do it. Okay, we. I asked you this beforehand. Oh, shoot. Yeah. What do you think? We we were talking about the shortages with lumber and yeast and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What are you predicting the next shortage is? And I'm, if you guys if you guys think we're wrong or you have your own ideas, comment on this oh, and totally do tell this. us about it. I would love to hear what people say. Yeah. I, uh... Actually, thinking about it more, I think it might be salt. Like road salt? Any kind of salt. Because it just turns into what you finish it out as. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, but then, you know, some people use, uh, like, beet juice and stuff. So. What? There's, like, places out. For what? For for slick roads. Oh, Okay. But there's a lot of different types of salt. There's like table salt and then there's water softener salt and then there's like road salt. And I just didn't know where we were. 
Well, Going and with that. Uh, excuse me. Uh, we use power thaw, which I feel like <laughs> is barely salt at all. It's more of a chemical. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't even know. So sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, it's what the people pay for. So yeah. we just spread it out. I don't uh, know. I think I think it could be. Okay, so you're calling salt. Um, I am going more on the homesteader yeah. <laughs> crazy route. And I'm going to say that it's a crafting material of some sort. And I'm really leaning towards yarn, but yeah. I'm not also discluding like sewing supplies. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are like, no. But hear me out just real quick. Um... Or you know what it is? I might actually change this since it is winter and you did bring up this and it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a weird, like maybe um, fire, like wood. Oh, yeah. Like there's going to be like a wood shortage because we're all like, you know, big buff like country people and we're splitting wood uh, for fire and warmth. Just go to Iowa they have their trees <laughs> got knocked so down. So that was too soon. <laughs> it was it was funny because um, I don't know too if it soon. was funny, but like a friend of mine, she they wanted to do a room addition on their house, and my other friend was like, "Who lives in Clinton, Iowa?" I was oh, like, no. "Come up here. I don't have a mill, but you can have all the wood you want." No, no. But yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um. So yeah. Okay. So I'm calling that it's going to be like yarn or sewing supplies because um if they don't have the wood to heat their house and they're not getting your generator so this is like your call get your generators get your heat fill up your propane tanks do your things whatever however you plan for winter budget for the winter um but it's you're gonna get into weird crafters of like i'm gonna make a blanket Mm -hmm. i am gonna make my own clothes because i you know inflammate whatever the word i'm searching for they don't want to do price gouging on Amazon anymore. And Oh, yeah. Do you get two-day delivery? I do. Okay. I think my mail is broken. <laughs> Which is another thing because everybody's griping about the mail shortages. We were talked about that kind of last month. I don't think it's really helped anymore. There was a big article in our local newspaper about it. And uh, yeah, we kind of debunked that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, but like we we have Amazon Prime and we have two day shipping and all of our stuff comes on like day six. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I know I'm gonna get sent here instead. Well, I think it. I know this we, sounds kind of crazy, but we are a business account. Yeah, and well, uh, they like even because we are also a third party seller. Yeah, and so business accounts get priority when we sell too. And we go through. I think. Two also very rural oh yeah post offices and not saying that it's always usps because i know it's ups and it's fedex sometimes too but yeah it always has to go through the chains and the links and stuff like that so that's super cool but yeah i'm gonna call that it's uh, a warm crafting <laughs> material whether it's fabric sewing supplies sewing machines or yarn yeah that's what i'm doing that's my call I uh, I am interested. I mean, where that you want the Spanish the Spanish flu took two years. I think this is gonna take two years too, at least. Yeah, for all the people that think that it's going to end in November with the elections. Awkward walk away. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into politics because I'm not touching that no, at all. Yeah, but 
I don't think it's going to end. <laughs> I I don't think this pandemic was a political ploy. Unfortunately. And that's where I stand on that. Yeah. And end scene. <laughs> and cut. Well, it was good talking current events. We touched on all the things. Yeah. Maybe next month we'll slow down a little bit and not <laughs> chill out 2020. Dang. Oh, boy. But seriously, tell us your thoughts of some things that that you have struggled with finding. Uh, Tell us your thoughts of what do you think the next thing is going to be. And, uh, you know, just reach out to us. Adios, friends. Have a great week. See you next time. If you like what you heard today, you can find us at We Chose the Farm on Facebook and Instagram. And to find Hinkle Homestead directly, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Google at Hinkle Homestead. Want to visit the Weiniger Farms? You can find us mainly on Instagram at the Weiniger Farms. Or jump over to our website at WeinigerFarms.com. See you later!